Live to see it, friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-blogger, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Well, man, I'm great, because so far you have not replaced me with a robot, Stephen. So, you know, here you are. (laughs) Well, so far tonight I haven't. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, who knows what the future holds, right? That, that's right, that's right. But that's a uh, timely uh, observation because, of course, tonight we're talking about preventing the economic robot apocalypse. You know, before before we get too deep into our topic tonight, though, I just want to say I am still totally basking in the glow from Wednesday's show. We had Nick Danilov on talking about his new book. Folks, if you haven't heard that one, after you listen to this one, go back and listen to Nick talking about his book. That was uh, That was a fun half hour, wasn't it? It was, it was, and, uh, and the book, what I, what, I haven't gotten all the way through it, Phil, but uh, what I've uh, read, uh, it's, it's great. I think uh, we can rec- we definitely recommend his book. Well, I'll tell you, one thing I meant to tell him, uh, but I'll just say it to you, the listeners, is if you've, if you've watched his podcasts much, if you've listened to them or, or watched them uh, on, on YouTube, um, a lot of the material is familiar, but it's very interesting reading versus hearing something. Have you ever noticed the difference between the two? It's like you can pick up on things that uh, that, you, that you didn't notice when you were watching it on TV. I guess uh, you have to be more mentally engaged to read or something like that. Anyway, uh, it, so so if you if you think, well, I've I've seen all these interviews, the book's probably worth reading anyway. That's my uh, that's that's my suggestion. Yeah. So we'll just help. You know, we're just going to plug next book every time we do a show. I think from here on in, that's it's just that good. <laughs> But we have to stop because yeah. we've got to talk about preventing the economic robot apocalypse. That's our, that's our topic tonight. And I thought, you know, it'd be good to get specific, right? Because there's a lot of different flavors of robot apocalypse. And the one we're talking tonight, about tonight is, is a very specific flavor of robot apocalypse. That's the economic robot apocalypse. That's the robots coming to get our jobs. And we've got a couple of good stories that, I don't know, are they precursors of this? Are they foreshadowing of... The the economic robot apocalypse. What do you think, Stephen? Oh, absolutely, I think that. Um, I mean, it's very you know it's a very specific story we're going to look at first uh, uh, out of China um, in, involving a, a factory floor and and what what occurred there. You know, it's, it was pretty big. It's a pretty big factory uh, originally manned by 650 employees, right? Yeah, yeah. So. They had they, they had 650 people. Now they're down to 60. The thing is, they put in machines uh, to replace those 590. Essentially, it's called 600 people that they replaced. Production went up by 250 percent. Defects dropped by 80 percent. Um, if that doesn't tell the whole story of automation, right, right there, it's just th- those numbers. Um, you, you can just kind of hear the tick, tick, tick from the human robots, factory uh, workers. You know, <laughs> I suspect the robots don't take nearly as much sick leave, and uh, you know, and concern about working conditions and. You know, just all kinds of things, <laughs> all kinds of benefits to uh, if if uh, if you're if you're you know running a factory 
and uh, you're 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 wanting to reduce the headaches. Uh, you know, you know, reduce your employee workforce. It, it it seems like almost a natural thing, but you know that's pretty scary too, isn't it? So. Um, well, I think it's scary if you haven't internalized the idea that there just aren't going to be people working at factories anymore, right? It's, it's scary to people who haven't accepted that. Um, I, I think I'm pretty much there. I think I've been there for a few years now. Um, but uh, it's, it's interesting that this is still news. You know, there's, there's been an awful lot of talk in the U.S. after the presidential election, during the presidential election, after the presidential election about bringing manufacturing jobs back to the U.S. And, uh, it, you know, I'm hopeful that, uh, that we might find a way to do that. I'm very skeptical that you just bring them back, though, right, for, for exactly this reason, right? Those jobs don't exist anymore, right? Machines can do them now. We, we talked a while back about how jobs that went uh, – from the U.S. to Mexico, then went from Mexico to China, then went from China from humans doing them to machines doing them, right? I mean, that's that's what you're seeing in this story. That is the last stage of that progression right there, isn't yeah. it? So, um, you know, the uh, all is uh, all is proceeding as someone has foreseen. That's for sure. And uh, it's um, you, you know the, the 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 handwriting appears to be on the wall for the traditional shift factory work kind of position. I still think there's manufacturing work available to people. I think there are scenarios where people are going to be doing manufacturing in the future where we're going to you know, be doing it on our desktop. We're going to be more like makers maybe and have to be right. more entre- entrepreneurial in, in terms of, of, of being uh, of manufacturers. But, man, yeah, I think the robots are taking those jobs. Uh, they, they, they have been yeah. for a while. I mean, you know, really, when you think about it, we've been hearing about robots taking human jobs away since, what, the 80s, right? Yeah, and they have been. I mean, um, I, I heard an interesting example, Phil, the, of uh, um, you know the number of uh, teller bank teller jobs. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, you know the uh, the uh, ATMs are a product of the seventies, really, uh, yeah. early seventies even. Uh, the first ATM uh, machines, uh, and, and of course, uh, um, you know, as ATM machines went in, the uh, Number of bank tellers within each particular branch went down, but right. if you look nationwide, the number of bank teller jobs has actually increased slightly. Why? Well, we have more branches now, and uh, the, the bank teller job has changed some. It's, uh, it's you know, um, it's 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 less of a of a job where they're just handing out money, which of which a, uh, the machine can do, right? Uh, to you know, they're they're basically selling bank you know monetary services now. It's a little it's a little uh, higher level job uh, requiring a little more training, I'm sure. Uh, but there there are actually more bank tellers than there were before. Now that that can't be said of every job, you know. Right. I mean, uh, tra- travel agents didn't fare so well, you know. I mean, uh, um, various uh, various travel websites have pretty much uh, you know taken out the. Uh, Travel agents as a business, uh, it, it's not there anymore. And there are other jobs that are, you can you can point to and say, hey, that's just you know nobody nobody does that anymore because of this technological change or that. And uh, but uh, bank tellers has been used as an example, uh, and uh, it's actually a counterexample. That's uh, interesting. That 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 is yeah. very interesting. I I think we'll we'll see pockets of that for sure, um, where yeah. we'll maybe see a lot of um, 
healthcare workers of one kind or another be replaced by by machines, but probably have a whole another uh, like a whole slew of new kinds of healthcare workers show up, right? I think there there's there are certain right. areas where the automation will truly, you know, the thing we were always promised is just enable humans to work on higher value things, right? There 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 right. there are there are pockets where that occurs, and it sounds like being a bank teller is one of them. But right. if you don't have the higher value proposition, and in fact, arguably, that's kind of what I was saying around manufacturing, right? Where if you're doing if you're doing maker stuff, desktop manufacturing stuff, you are adding more a lot more value than a line worker ever would be able to, right? So it's it's kind of the uh, kind of analogous to a, a, you know a bank teller who's just making change and depositing checks versus one who can provide some advice and you know make sure you're getting into the right accounts and 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 some of those kinds of things. What what about this one though? The the shop apocalypse. Amazon planning to open robotic supermarket staffed by just three humans. Now the other one had sixty people and I, we didn't get to it, but they they said eventually it would only have twenty people, but. Uh, right. <laughs> Here, here we here we go. We, we've got a we've got a supermarket um, with three people downstairs and a whole bunch of robots upstairs running everything. Or did I get that wrong? Is it the people are upstairs and the robots are down? It, anyway, um, no, the, the robots are upstairs and apparently are you know they're sorting everything and put them on dumb waiters that are they come down to the uh, to the floor where the three people are running the running the store. Uh, it's it's a remarkable concept and. Uh, um, what was it? What uh, was it? Um, oh gosh, it was it was it diapers dot com or, or or one of those uh, businesses that uh, um, that that had had the uh, uh, the shelves that were robotic that were going all over this uh, this uh, factory floor. Oh it was right, an amazing YouTube video. I, I forget. Uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll find the link and we make sure it makes the show notes. But I mean, I, I can imagine that's pretty much what we're talking about with this Amazon store, right? I mean, it's uh, uh, these—it'll uh, it, be robots running from one side of the, uh, the store to the other in this synchronized dance, where they never hit each other, and they're all going. You, you can't imagine how it works, but it does. And uh, um, I, I, and I, I suspect it'll—it would be an amazing thing to see. But by design, you won't see it uh, as a customer. You will walk in and there'll be a smiling human person that you're looking at and you know I need this this and this and uh, there it is you know here it comes and uh, and how else can I help you kind of thing so that's uh, that's uh, I think that that may be a model that a lot of businesses follow you know people still like the human touch right um, but they also they like uh, the they, but they also like cheap prices and if you can provide both with just a small group of people you know, and uh, you know, imagine a, a, a McDonald's where everything, you know, the, all the food is prepared by robots, right? And, but you still have somebody at the front counter taking your order, and you know, have a nice day, and you know, here's your food. Uh, you know, so you might have you know the manager and and maybe one or two other employees. Uh, you know, one uh, one person in the back putting putting food into the machines, right? And another right. person up front taking um, uh, uh, smiling for the customers and taking money. So yeah, I could see this as a model that a lot of businesses follow. And uh, um, you know where no. this one breaks down for me is they they say it's a grocery store, and so I'm just trying to picture how it works. You know, you're walking along and you pick something, and then a robot upstairs puts that in a bag for you. You're not actually uh, touching any of it. Uh, you know, somehow it's tracking your movements or whatever, right? Um, you've you've been like logged in as a shopper, and somehow you're having like a real life version of 
browsing a website and, and putting things in your shopping cart, right? But once again, you're not literally uh, putting anything in, anything into a shopping cart. There actually is a shopping cart upstairs, and, and the robot's doing that part of it. But what seems strange uh, maybe, to me about maybe you're maybe you're shopping, maybe you're going through it. It's more like a normal shop, uh, supermarket where you pick, actually get to you know squeeze the you know the melon or whatever and uh, thump it. No, nah, I like this one, and you take that one. But it's a you know the, that is immediately restocked, you know, uh, by the robots behind the scenes. I don't know. Uh, I'm 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 with you on that. I, I, I we we don't quite have enough uh, information to. Yeah, we need we, we need a better description of this works. because if it's not what you just said, I don't see any point in going to the store, right? Because yeah. I can order groceries online now, and if the one I'm looking at isn't the one I get. I might as well just be looking at a picture online, right? To, to, to me, that would be the that would be the difference. The reason to show up is because you know it's like I want this tomato, right? This I pick this one, right? This is the one I want to make a salad out of, or whatever. Um, what you could do uh, if if you got kind of a just in time delivery system of you know here's uh, you know here's you're looking at the apples and there's like you know, basically a uh, a dozen apples instead of like in a typical uh, supermarket, you know, there's like 300 apples in front of you, right? Um, and uh, so that way you take up much less floor space because it's being being restocked in real time all the time um, so that, you you know, the amount of the, the footprint of the store can be small. It can be like a, you know, a downtown uh, store. That serves the same function as a you know a big suburban uh, grocery store. Um, I think and, uh, to me there's there is the uh, there's a place for that. there's a there's a niche for that, um, and I'm 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 anxious to see how Amazon pulls it off. Yeah, I, I am too. I, I'm very I'm very interested to see because I think the model ultimately is sound. The model of taking the people out of the loop, you know, to come back to our actual topic, is definitely sound, and there will be stores. Um, with a lot fewer people working at them. That's the that's the bottom line. Factories and stores, and uh, you, you know, we we've run the gamut on this show talking about the fact that AI, no surprise, is taking human jobs away. Um, you know, that is the that is the economic robot apocalypse, if if ever there was one. And if you know, if you work in a factory, if you work in a fast food place, um, if you if you work in a traditional retail setting. Yeah, it's entirely possible your days are numbered. There's a bullseye, you know, <laughs> right on right on your forehead. Good. It was on um, it was on Science Friday, like uh, three or four weeks ago, that uh, they they had someone on as an expert about uh, you know automation and and the and the possibility of losing jobs. And uh, I thought the way he described it was interesting. He says that most jobs are not going to just be flat out replaced by a robot, like these guys on the on this this factory in China. What will happen is that uh, there, every job has like you know, a hundred different possible tasks that you do, and some of those tasks are subject to being automated, and some are less subject to being automated. Right. And you know, and, and so over time, they, it, the the those things that are harder to automate become automated after the easy, the low hanging fruit. Right. Right. So um, uh, and so what happens is you don't ever get just out and out replaced by a robot, but the demand for uh, people that do your particular job goes down. Right. You know, the pool, you know, instead of, instead of taking uh, 20 accountants, uh, in, you know, to service a particular population, now, you know, now it only takes 10. 
accountants to serve a particular population because you know a lot of their a lot of their work has been automated. And so um, you know, and so if you were one of the, you know if you were one of the accountants that's maybe a little less successful, maybe all of a sudden you just can't make ends meet anymore because you know although you're still doing things that are not automated. The demand for your particular job has lessened, or at least the number of people that are required to service population has gone down. And so that's and, and so slowly you're you're kind of phased out. Um, and, you know, so I, I think that that's probably you know it's probably a more accurate depiction of how the robot economic robot apocalypse happens. It's uh, uh, it's you know it's 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 a slow thing that's uh, kind of that we you don't necessarily see coming. And, right. Uh, and so, anyway, I, I, it's kind of a bummer thought, but I, I think that's a little more accurate than just you know, oh, I lost my job to that robot right there. <laughs> right. Right. That, yeah. That, I don't think it's, that's it's more insidious happen. than that, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's not. Yeah, it, it really it, is. You you, yeah. you don't you don't have necessarily the robot even to blame, uh, the particular yeah. individual robot to blame for it. But hey, there's hope. There's hope on the horizon because. Um, you had shared with me this link. These 23 principles could help us avoid an AI apocalypse. And I thought, well, wait. Are there items in there that can help us avoid the economic robo-apocalypse? And sure enough, it turns out that there are. This is, um, this is a group of 23 principles that some AI experts got together and lined out um, as principles that would steer... AI in a positive direction to make sure it doesn't destroy us. And I think maybe we've talked about this list once before. I'm not sure, but I think we have. Um, but whether we have or not, you can follow the link. And uh, and George Dvorsky uh, has an article on Gizmodo talking about them. And there's also a link in there that actually goes to the 23 principles, which we've got uh, we've got a few of them listed here. But they're I don't know. As a list, they're pretty good. I feel like they're they're awfully high level. Um, y- y- you know, yeah. they're 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 more like uh, to a certain extent, you could just write, don't make bad AI that destroys the world, right? I mean, yeah. th- they're one level of specificity lower than that, right? <laughs> it's like the, the, the trick you know, is in getting them implemented, right? The trick, I guess, is in somehow, <laughs> you know, getting people to go along with them, don't you think? Yeah, and, and the problem is this, that, um, put it this way, you know, you don't. Uh, if you're a factory owner, you're 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 a job. If you're the manager of a factory, and uh, you're not even the owner, you're the manager. Your job is to make money for the people who own the place, right? And so, right. Uh, um, and uh, and you can always justify what you're doing and say, well, you know what? I'm providing a great product that fails less often. It's you know, uh, it's a it's a better product now than it used to be. I'm doing and and I'm also selling it cheaper so that people who couldn't afford it before now can. Right. Um. And uh, and so yeah, there there's some jobs lost, but I, uh, as a whole society benefited because uh, you know we're we're providing this great product now much cheaper and it's a better product than it was before. So I don't know. Um. And I'm not sure, hundred percent sure how these. Uh, you know, making uh, robots that that care, uh, you know, it necessarily helps us because you know they can care and say, you know what, uh, yeah, we care. We we're we're making this great thing that it's you know that people need, and um, and we're doing it cheaper than you know. <laughs> if the AI if the AI could think deeply enough about it, it, it would probably rationalize what it's doing is uh, just like the factory owners, right? I don't right, know. right, um, right. 
I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, that, part of part of it is if you, if you look at number number ten. The, the number 10 principle was uh, highly autonomous AI systems should be designed so that their goals and behaviors can be assured to align with human values throughout their operation. I, I, the thing is, um, if it's a nice AI, that's great. You know? And if it says, well, I'm providing all kinds of wonderful services to the community, that's also great. But one human value up to now is people like having a job, right? And yeah. You know, so it, so having having its goals and behaviors align with uh, with human values, you know, okay, maybe maybe the future will be that people don't have those jobs. But if you're not if you're not taking that part of human values and objectives into consideration, you're already skipping a big piece of it, right? It's like you've already right. you've already jumped ahead, and and I don't know that they're thinking about that, right? When they when they write this, and maybe they are. I mean, it's broad enough that you could certainly apply it there. Uh, that's why I, I picked it out. You know, some of these others, human values, AI systems should be designed and operated so as to be compatible with ideals of human dignity, rights, freedoms, and cultural diversity. Well, again, the idea of, you know, working and, and earning your own living, a lot yeah. of a lot of the concept of human dignity is right there, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I, you know, um, you, why in the world would I design a car-building robot that would care that uh, it's taking someone's job? You know, I mean, yeah. what, what, what further benefit could I get out of a car-building robot that sits there and is depressed because it's taking someone's job? You know, right. I mean, that, you know, I, I get nothing out of that as a uh, as the designer of uh, of, the, of that robot to. That's right. It's because it's like know. the meta goals are unaligned, right? It's like the very yeah. existence of this thing is out of alignment with the. Uh, That's right. Uh, yeah. With with the goals, so I, so it's 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 really tricky. I mean, you look at you look at number thirteen. The application of AI to personal data must not unreasonably curtail people's real or perceived liberty. That one doesn't apply so much. Uh, Fourteen shared benefit. All technologies should benefit and empower as many people as possible. That's the trick right there. Right, um, AI technology should benefit and empower as many people as possible, and it's the humans who are putting it in place that are that are going to make those decisions, right. at least initially, and, and, and not and up to the AI. The humans that the humans that put it in place uh, are the are the rich people at the top that want to make more profit for themselves. Right, and I mean that's that's human nature. I mean you um, you know we, we get up and go to work to make as much money as we possibly can before the end of the work day. That is right. what we do as people. And if that means that we, if we can make ten times as much by firing a bunch of people and putting robots in to do a better job, then I think that's going to happen, Phil. I don't know that uh, you know, this can really be avoided. Yeah, AI is I'm being implemented, and, and these yeah. guidelines are not being adhered to, right? That's the bottom line. AI has been showing up for years, and these guidelines are not being, you know, no one has thought about these things. Or if they think about it, they're thinking, well, it'd be nice, but, you know, I've got to make my quarter. I mean, that's how business works. You, and you do. You have to make your quarter. Right. Uh, you, you right. Know, uh, that, that's, that's just, that's, that's reality. You miss your target, and all of a sudden the stock takes a hit. And, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. 15, shared uh, prosperity. The economic prosperity created by AI should be shared broadly to benefit all of humanity. Now, it doesn't matter how we are the world, kumbaya, a message, Google or Apple or any of them tell, right? Um, they don't really, you know, buy that, right? I mean, there, no, no company that's making AI is, is following that, <laughs> that principle. I mean, they will indirectly. Right. The AI will benefit all of humanity, but, but uh, you know, 
Um, the, I, I don't know. I, maybe I think, that one. Maybe I'm too cynical on that one. What's well, that? You know, I think I think ultimately there'll, there'll be there'll be taxes placed on businesses that automate. Yeah. You know, if you if you if you have robots that work for you and and uh, and uh, you cut the uh, amount of that you're having to pay out in salary by you know a hundred thousand, then uh, guess what? You're going uh, a portion of that uh, is going to be taxed and and redistributed. I think that uh, um, that's I, I think that is is going to be part of the ultimate answer as as jobs really do start to disappear. And I, I you know. I, I think that we've we've even seen the real beginning of that, Bill. Because you know, it's, uh, you know, you lose your job here, you go find another job there. That's right. still happening. But uh, you know, I, I think ultimately there there comes a point in which you know more more and more jobs are automated, and uh, and at that point, you know, at some point you just have to start taxing these robots. Uh, you know, taxing the businesses that use them. And uh, and and then redistributing. I think that's that is. I don't know. What do you think? Is there? Yeah. Well, is there it, a better well, answer than that. What's than, interesting uh, about that answer? I, I don't really like that answer. I can tell you, I really don't like that answer. What's What's interesting about that answer in this context, Stephen, is that you're then saying that it's the government that that would have to come in, right, and and right. impose these 23 principles um, because yeah. business won't, right? <laughs> They're not going to. No, so a, gov- a business is not in the business of these these principles. It's not. Well, in the I, of I, making money for the, actually, I'm going to have to push back on that, Stephen. I'm not entirely sure that's true. Yeah. The economic prosperity created by AI will be shared broadly, right? And it probably will benefit all of humanity in the same way that like internet technology has, right? Um, it, it, it will become widely available, and it will help everybody, um, but that's well, not I why mean, they're doing the, it, right? The, to, the extent that, uh, <laughs> to the extent that goods get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you but know, so I mean, that, that's, the that's, that's their argument. It's that's how they're... To make them buck, yeah, you know? yeah the, the, the AI company will say, this is how we're making the world a better place, right? Because it's becoming yeah. cheaper, and everybody's getting AI in their life. And, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm not sure. It, to, to me... Um, by the time you get to number 15 and you think about who implements it and how you ensure it happens, you really do start to recognize that it's terra incognito, right? We're, we're entering a new world, a whole new economic reality, and a, a lot of our expectations about how things have worked in the past are going to change. And it's, it's all very well, and I think it's important probably to put together a list of 23 principles like this, but it's not even clear who would enforce them who would ever obey them or, you know, how they would be applied. So a lot of work to be done, I guess, in preventing the uh, robo-economic apocalypse. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> we, we got a ways to go. And on that happy note, let's geek out. What do you say? Other yeah, I think so. I think yeah, we, 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 need to, we need to bring it back to something a little fun, a little more fun and a little more happy to finish out the week with. So, so hey, I mean, folks. Uh, if you want to geek out, have you been watching shows on Netflix? Um, we were talking before the show, and I was just recommending this Houdini series. If you haven't seen it, if you're interested in magic, if you're interested in Harry Houdini, this is a really good show. Adrian Brody stars as Eric Weiss, better known as the great Houdini, and it's a really interesting inside his life, inside his mind kind of uh, perspective on the whole life. I haven't watched, I've only watched like the first one, but uh, very, very interesting show. I'm looking forward to the whole series, and uh, 
just kind of stumbled upon it. You know, I'm just like uh, Netflix recommended it, and I had no idea that show was even there. Uh, it seems to be what's happening well, with Netflix. I, I've got to give it a chance. I, I have not seen that at all. And, uh, of course, um, I, you know, I, I've been impressed, uh, well, with several different series. And, and what's funny is you, you get into them, and uh, you say, okay, well, this looks interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll watch a single episode. <laughs> and then, like, nine hours later. Yeah, right. Yeah, when season two come out? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's right. I, I'm gonna, I, you know, one more, you know, one more se- season of uh, of the show, and I, I'm calling it quits for the night. I promise. Anyway, uh, uh, binge watching is is kind of a uh, kind of a strange thing that Netflix uh, has uh, has enabled. But um, Stranger Things, of course, I mentioned it's incredible. It's great. Have you seen it yet? Stranger Things, absolutely. Yeah, I, I watched it over the course of about three days. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I one long weekend I, I got it in, and of course uh, it's uh, been renewed. For, uh, and uh, Halloween, uh, we get we get our we get the second series. Uh, we'll we'll uh, launch on Halloween of this year, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Some of the best stuff with uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, on on the television. I mean, you know, forget uh, uh, Agents of Shield. I mean, forget that stuff. Go to Netflix, and you'll see. Uh, uh, interesting uh, uh, television series with uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe characters. I mean, we've got uh, Daredevil on there and uh, um, uh, Luke Cage and, uh, you know, I mean, just, you know, they're, what they're doing is they're assembling the Defenders instead of the, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, Avengers. These right. are the Defenders. Right, that, the, the and, Defenders uh, will be on Netflix, exactly. Yeah, Avengers and yeah, that's, Defenders yeah, on Netflix. Awesome. Yeah, I mean every every single one of those Jessica Jones, uh, they're all great, and uh, and and looks like a, they're getting a couple of at least one more character is going to get a, his series. I forget the name of that character now, but uh, before they launch the Defenders, and that's great. But hey, I, I've enjoyed something that's a little whimsical and kind of offbeat. Uh, it's a series of unfortunate unfortunate events, TV series, not the movie. Um, and, uh, of course, another Netflix series, and it's got uh, Neil Patrick Harris uh, as the bad guy, you know. Uh, okay, and, uh, yeah. And it, and it got Patrick Warburton as, uh, as Lemony Snicket, the uh, narrator. Uh, and, I mean, and some really, really talented young act- actors uh, playing the kids. And it's just, it's just this weird hoot. I mean, it's fun. In, in the oddest sort of way, I, I don't know how to explain it. Just say you have to watch it; you'll enjoy it. It's, hey, how, how old of a kid group of kids would you need to have to watch that show? Who's who's it good for? Uh, your 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 kids probably are a little young. I would say uh, I would say uh, ten years of age uh, would would be uh, would be fine. Uh, there's uh, you know at least uh, you know a couple, uh, one instance of uh, Neil Patrick Harris's kid, a character just. Uh, you know, striking one uh, one of the children. I mean, it it was, uh, uh, and you think, wow, that's that's pretty rough. Well, the way they handled it, uh, it was you know they they uh, uh, they handled it in such a way that it sort of gave refuge to the viewer. If that makes sense, but it's uh, I, I don't know that I would show it to kids any younger than say ten or so. Okay. Um, but it's uh i think i think you uh you would uh find it very interesting and enjoyable it's 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 kind of a strange little show i'll definitely check it out and by the way if you like stranger things you should check out the oa i don't know if did you see did you see that show it's kind of similar in some ways to stranger things although 
also just about as different of a show as it could be. But you might, you might, uh, if you're interested in genre fiction, I can't even say what genre the OA is in, but uh, check it out. Uh, you... <laughs> it's, it, it might be a spoiler to say what genre it is. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, it would be a spoiler to me because I watched a whole season of it and I couldn't tell you. So, um, but uh, oh, okay, okay. All right, but you have recommended that one before, and I still haven't gotten around to it. I'll, I'll definitely have to. I have to take a look. Yeah, I want, I, I want somebody else to watch it so I can talk to somebody about it. So if you don't mind, please watch the OA. <laughs> okay. For purposes of uh, of your edification, Phil, I'll do that. <laughs> I, 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 I do appreciate but that. I, I <laughs> Whatever I can do. Right? What are geeks for, huh? Uh, exactly. That's right. Oh, wait. You know, I'm looking at this, and I realized suddenly that the Houdini series is a History Channel production. It was not a Netflix original series after all. It was a Netflix recommendation to me, and somehow I got that confused with the Netflix series. So sorry about that, folks, uh, for any confusion. Houdini, good series, uh, History Channel series, not a Netflix series. But other than that, I think uh, I, I think everything else we've said has been pretty much true uh, this evening. That's right. All right. Well, hey, Stephen, great stuff. Uh, good talking with you this week uh, about a variety of topics. Uh, great to end it with a, with a fun geek out session. Uh, we're going to be back again next week with three brand new shows and, of course, two more dips into the archive. Look forward to being with you all then. And until next time, live to see it. 